The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, we're back for another week of the Road World Baseball Podcast. Just a couple of weeks to go until the end of the regular season. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here by Drew Silva. What's going on, Drew? Yo, um, just been catching up on this story that's kind of just breaking about Major League Baseball suspending Padres GM AJ Preller for 30 days without pay. Right. Um, it's a... Uh, it's punishment basically for not disclosing all of the necessary medical information that is required from MLB teams. I think baseball teams are more forthcoming with injury information than pretty much any other league, um, which I like as, as a guy that covers the sport and follows it. It's nice to actually know what's going on with these players rather than like in hockey where it's just like, oh, it's an upper body injury or in football where you know, the list Tom Brady is questionable when it, when he's like, you know, never missed a game. So I guess they, AJ Preller or some Padres officials directed their medical teams to not include treatment for injuries that did not require a disabled list. In. I saw that. And, yeah. And, and so when the Red Sox got Drew Pomeranz, they didn't get his full medical information. And the same thing happened with, if you remember that Colin Ray trade from earlier this, the Marlins, this, yeah, right, and they had then they wound up returning him actually to the Padres because he was hurt. Yeah, um, his el- his elbow was compromised. So just kind of an interesting story. The the Padres have been very active on maybe the most active team uh, trades wise since Preller took over there. So I'm sure a lot of teams now that made trades with the Padres are are looking into things like kind of suspicious. I wonder where this is going to leave Preller. I mean, 30 days suspension is not a big deal, but um, I don't know. Are other GMs going to trust him? Um, can they get, I don't, I don't know. Do, do the Padres just, just fire him? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I, I know that he had been suspended previously uh, for some sort of international rules violation when he worked in the Rangers front office. Um, I think they hired a new, I, I can't remember the exact terminology when I read the, the article earlier today, a, basically a new sort of training director or head trainer. And that's where they implemented the new system where they basically had a set of internal notes about their own players and then a so, set of notes that they were willing to distribute to other teams. So uh, that's, that's huge uh, and a big deal. 
Yeah, it's a 30-day suspension, you know, final month of the season. Padres aren't doing anything. There's not going to be any major personnel moves. Uh, but this is big, and uh, I would be surprised if there was something following this, especially given how disappointing the Padres have been in general if you're just looking at his job performance, but then to just throw this on top of it as well. Yeah, there have been some bad trades in, in the Preller tenure. Um I, I would I, I would guess that he's going to be gone. I, how could you have a guy running a team that doesn't have the trust of other front offices? Or, or maybe they all kind of do nefarious things that we don't know yeah, about. Yeah, I'm but... sure it happens. But th- <laughs> yeah. this, this seems like something that they're purposefully uh, trying to mislead other teams, and that's just not cool. So we have a ton to get to on this week's show. We'll go over headlines like usual, but we're also going to take an early look at the top 10 starting pitchers for 2017. Last week, we discussed top 10 hitters for 2017, so if you missed that, be sure to go back in our archives and check that out. But before we get started, we wanted to first give a little bit of love to our sponsor, Mac Weldon. Uh, They specialize in men's basics, whether it's underwear, socks, t-shirts, polo shirts, undershirts, hoodies. You name it, they have you covered with smart designs and comfortable fabrics. Today, Thursday, was maybe the nicest day of the year in New York. 70s, sunny, just perfect weather. Mack Weldon has helped me feel comfortable this summer with their underwear, t-shirts, polo shirts. And now I'm excited that hoodie weather is almost here, finally. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, go, so go to MacWeldon.com and check out their versatile and comfortable styles for yourself. It's an easy shopping experience. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N. And this is special for our listeners. You can get 20% off using the promo code ROTOB. Again, it's promo code ROTOB, R-O-T-O-B, all caps. Go to MacWeldon.com. So we should probably start things off here by talking about some high-profile players who are coming back for the stretch run. We'll kick things off with Giancarlo Stanton. And it was a surprise last week. He was activated from the disabled list. Of course, he suffered a pretty serious groin strain back on August 13th, so about a month ago. Um, So he's brought back strictly as a pinch hitter initially, but it sounds like he's close to coming back in the starting lineup. Yeah, Marlins manager Don Mattingly um, told MLB.com on Wednesday that they're hoping he can play Friday, um, and that's that, yeah, that's a big deal. Like you said, when when Stanton was diagnosed with a grade three groin strain, which is a, a big injury, I, I think most of us assumed that he would be done for the year, um, but he returns last Tuesday and has been serving as a pinch hitter, uh, getting one up at a game basically over the last week. Um, but now it sounds like he's he's going to be in the lineup for the home stretch. Um, you know, the, the Marlins are basically trying to make one last push for for one of those wild card spots. I believe they're four games back as we record right now. Yeah. Um, and and I mean they yeah they they want Stanton in the lineup. Um, he had a, a weird slump uh, kind of in the middle of the season, but since returning he had registered a 937 ops with nine doubles 10 homers and 30 rbis over his last 36 games going into that injury that grade three groin strain um so he had really turned it on at the time that he got hurt and um i don't know what what to expect from him over the 17 this final 17 game stretch but if there's anyone who can make a ton of noise in a small sample it's Giancarlo Stanton, he's averaged 41 homers and 107 RBIs 
every 162 games in his career. Um, this is obviously a huge two-week stretch for people trying to win fantasy baseball championships. And if, if you waited it out and were patient with Stanton, you're, you're going to be rewarded probably. Yeah, I mean, I know I saw Stanton dropped in a couple of leagues. Um, so, you know, when the news of the injury first broke, I think everyone assumed he was done for the year. I think that was the initial report. Yeah. Um, so whatever he can provide, it's basically a bonus. It's money. And uh, you're right. I mean, he could hit five home runs, six home runs in 17 games. He's certainly capable of that. But at the very least, uh, we'll give him some peace of mind going into the winter. I don't expect the Marlins to push for the wild card. You never know. It seems like nobody wants to win it. <laughs> actually. Yeah. The uh, Giants, Cardinals, and Mets all lost on Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, tonight, and tonight, Thursday night, Cardinals-Giants start a four-game series. So that's going to be... Super interesting. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it'll be good to have Stanton back. Another player who's capable of being a difference maker down the stretch, Clayton Kershaw with the Dodgers. He made his return last Friday against the Marlins, and he was so-so. Three innings, two runs on five hits, but he looked a lot more like himself on Wednesday against the Yankees. There's a couple rain delays in there, but through five scoreless innings, just one hit, five strikeouts, no walks. So coming up big for fantasy owners at just the right time. Obviously huge for the Dodgers as they look toward the postseason. Yep, and we'll, we'll be hitting on Kershaw a little more in our, later in the show when we talk about our top pitchers for 2017, obviously. Indeed we will. And by the way, Kershaw lines up for upcoming starts against the Giants and Rockies at home, and then the Giants again in San Francisco the final weekend of the season. That could change depending on you know when the Dodgers clinch the division, stuff like that, but just something to keep in mind. Another couple of pitchers who are on the comeback trail, Jacob deGrom and Steven Matz with the Mets. deGrom, of course, has been out since September 1st with forearm discomfort. Matz has been out longer, about a month, uh, with the left shoulder strain. He's also had that bone spur situation with his elbow. Uh, but both have been throwing bullpen sessions this week. And with Rafael Montero stumbling in his most recent start against the Nationals, but there's been some talk of DeGrom and Matz both pitching on Sunday against the Twins. So it would be like a piggyback starter kind of scenario, limited pitch counts for both. There should be more clarity on this situation at some point on Friday. Um, Matz is still on the DL right now. DeGrom is not on the DL um, since he only went down September 1st. No need to put him on the DL. So in fantasy leagues, I don't think you want to activate Matz. I think both of them are wait and see. Kind of see how they perform for that first outing back if they, indeed they do pitch. They're both wait and see categories. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I'm in in that, in that outing. It's a, a great matchup against the Twins, but you're probably only going to have if they do do this piggyback start. De, Degrom probably goes four to five innings, and Matts maybe goes three. So there's there's not much there to like from a fantasy perspective. But if they both look pretty good in those short outings, then going into the you know, next week you'll feel pretty good about starting them. Absolutely. And the matchups are really good down the stretch for the Mets in general. They mm-hmm. don't play another team with a winning record the rest of the way. So keep that in mind for streaming possibilities. As for someone we won't see again this year, Garrett Cole has been shut down by the Pirates uh, due to continued elbow discomfort. The Pirates are essentially done. So no need to keep throwing them out there. Still a disappointing year for him all around. Yeah. Um, he returned this past Monday after sitting out three weeks with um, posterior inflammation in his right elbow and got lit up for five run runs over just two innings against the Phillies. 
a Phillies team that is 15 games under 500. Um, he said after the start that that's as good as his elbow is going to get. So I, I just think the Pirates are are basically out of it. They're six games back of the wild card at the time of this recording, so almost even mathematically eliminated. Um, this is the third DL stint of the year for Cole. The first was a triceps injury, so maybe kind of unrelated to the elbow, but still that right arm is a concern. Um, he did take an MRI on the triceps area in June, and it was clean. And then he had one in August, and, and that was late August, actually, just a couple weeks ago, and it was clean. Um, so the Pirates feel like he's not going to need surgery and that he'll have a fairly normal offseason leading into 2017. So he's going to be in, in, in kind of an iffy fantasy case leading into the spring. Um, limited to 116 innings this year, the lowest innings total of his career, and finished with a 3.88 ERA, the highest of his career. And I think the 1.44 whip is maybe even more concerning. Uh, the walk rate at a career high, strikeout rate at a career low. So just a lot of red flags. He was obviously fighting through a lot of arm troubles. Um I don't know what to think about him going into 2017. He's going to be one of those guys where he'll wind up being a great value if he can stay healthy or um, in general, he's just a big risk. Um, he finished fourth in the National League Cy Young Award balloting last year with a 2.60 ERA and 202 strikeouts and 208 innings. So maybe this will just be an an outlier, ty- outlier type of season where he just dealt with a few arm bugs a few minor arm ailments um and he'll come back strong but um i don't know we'll have to we'll have to see how he's throwing heading into spring training um to really evaluate where his ranking should be leading into the leading into next season yeah i remember with the the recent mri which i guess was at the end of august there was some whispers from some of the beat reporters that maybe he had a bone spur in the elbow um and if that's the case i mean not all bone spurs require surgery so uh, it's just something to keep in mind in the next couple of weeks. We may hear he needs surgery. We may hear he doesn't. Um, but it just seems like from day one this year, uh, it was just sort of working against him. He actually, I think he had a late start in spring training. He had some inflammation in his rib cage. So mm-hmm. uh, I think he was even behind because of that. But going into the year, I think most of us thought he was a top 10 fantasy starting pitcher, at least on the fringe of that. But next year, that's certainly not the case. I think right now, with the pitching in the game as it is, I mean, I don't even think I would say top 20 going into next year, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I really wouldn't know where to put him at this point without knowing what, what happens. I, mean, I don't know. If, if it is a bone spur and he just kind of has it removed, then I would feel almost better about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so just a couple random things uh, to get to before we get into talking about 2017 starting pitchers. Wanted to mention Roman Quinn with the Phillies. Speedy switch hitting outfielder has had two hits in all three of his starts since being called up by the Phillies. A couple of doubles in there, a stolen base, and the speed is is really why I like him. 159 steals in 356 games in the minors. That includes 36 in 77 games this year. Should get plenty of playing time in the next two weeks. The Phillies, of course, playing a lot of youth, looking toward the future. So playing time going to be there. Uh, I really like him if you need some speed, and he's available in 90% of Yahoo leagues right now. So go ahead and pick him up. I know you had a couple of situations you wanted to hit on as well. So fire away. Yeah. On Wednesday, Alex Cobb had his best outing in nearly two years. Um, 
yielding just two hits over six and two-third innings of one-run ball against the Blue Jays. It was an 8-1 win for the for the Rays. Um, Cobb walked three but struck out four and induced eight ground ball outs, which is a, a good sign for a guy that relies on a lot of movement. Um, his split, curve, and sinker were all looking better, according to people that watched him closely. Um, Cobb missed all of 2015 in the first five months of this season following Tommy John surgery. Um, and when he returned on September 2nd, there wasn't much fantasy hype because he wasn't pitching well on his minor league rehab assignment. Um, and guys coming off that kind of absence just, you know, don't have much fanfare, but, um, he's got a 3.06 ERA, 1.08 whip in 17 and two third innings covering three starts. Um, so far, this this dude was pretty much a fantasy ace between 2013 and 2014, or maybe right on the borderline of that kind of label, with a 2.82 ERA and and about a strikeout per inning. Um, he's got he has the Yankees at home next, which is not a terrible matchup, and then I believe it's the White Sox after that. So, um, a, a decently favorable schedule for an American League pitcher. Um, I don't I, I, I think. There are worse streaming options at this point in the year. It might be someone that people should take a look at. Just for some, to add another note to that, um, Cobb's 28 years old and he'll be eligible for for salary arbitration for the third and final time this winter. I wonder if he does finish strong if the Rays consider shopping him because that's what they kind of do when when those guys reach their final year of arbitration or right around there. So just something interesting to, to watch. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind him getting traded to a National League team. I think that'd be yep. pretty exciting going into next year. He's someone I'll be watching in 2017 no matter what, but yeah. I was kind of surprised he was only 28 for some reason. I, I had him pegged as like a, at least 30. I don't know why. Maybe because he's just like a, a junk baller. And my other little note is about the Giants' bullpen, um, which has been part of their free fall um, it's, you know, basically since the All-Star break, they've, they've played pretty bad baseball. Uh, Santiago Casilla has four blown saves since the All-Star break and eight for the year. He's currently out of the ninth inning mix. Um, his replacement, Hunter Strickland, was charged with four and runs on three hits and a walk in the ninth inning Tuesday against the Padres. Um, that was part of a three-game sweep at AT&T Park, which is just crazy for a, a team that's in the wild card mix, they actually have the top wild card spot as we record this. Um, I don't know to drop to drop three straight from the Padres at home is rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sergio Romo has missed a bunch of time with a flexor tendon strain, and the last time he pitched, he gave up a home run. Um, so I, I just I, it's kind of a mess. Um, when Bochi was asked like who is his closer on Wednesday, he said that he's going to continue giving the chances to Strickland but he'll also play the matchups when it calls for it. So it's really kind of a committee right now. Um, I wonder if that means Will Smith, who's been very good since they acquired him from the, acquired him from the Brewers. I wonder if he'll get some, some saves in kind of a lefty-lefty matchup type situation. And then also 26-year-old right-hander Derek Law returned from the disabled list on Wednesday following an elbow scare. Um, struck out the only batter he faced on Wednesday against the Padres. He has a 1.93 ERA um, in 51 and a third innings this year. 
He's a guy who had an 11.5 K per nine in the minors, um, misses a lot of bats. So maybe he's a decent speculative ad in a very deep league. Uh, Strickland is obviously the guy to own now, and there are only 17 games left. Well, there'll be well there there will be 16 games left, I guess, by tomorrow uh, when this comes out. But just some things to think about in the Giants bullpen. Uh, maybe Law is a decent speculative ad. Yeah, I mean, the, the Giants I was looking at before we started, they have 27 blown saves as a team this season. Um, only the White Sox have more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the offense has struggled during the second half for the Giants, and that the back end of the bullpen, they just haven't seemed to find an answer. To me, Strickland has looked like a you know someone you'd expect would be a closer. He's looked like a closer for basically a couple of years now. Um, but, of course, any poor outing that he has is going to be magnified. Uh, as we get closer to the end of the season. But, um, okay, so we're going to jump into these top 10 starters for 2017. Uh, again, last week we looked at top 10 hitters for 2017. So if you want to hear that, be sure to go back and check out last week's show. So why don't we do what we did last week? You're going to read off your top 10, and then I'll do the same. Then we'll dig into some of the rankings and the differences and some guys who could be on the fringe. Sounds good. Um, number one is Clayton Kershaw. Um, number two is Max Scherzer. Number three is Jose Fernandez. Four is Madison Bumgarner. Five is Noah Syndergaard. Six is Chris Sale. Seven, Hugh Darvish. Eight, Jake Arrieta. Nine, Corey Kluber. And ten, David Price. Okay. I think we have we have the same exact one through five, actually. I have Kershaw. Really? Yeah, Kershaw, Scherzer, Fernandez, Bumgarner, Syndergaard, Sale, Chris Sale, number six for me, seven, Corey Kluber, eight, Carlos Carrasco, nine, Johnny Cueto, and ten, Jake Arrieta. Okay. Yeah, so not, not too different. Not too different. So, yeah, we, we each have Kershaw at the top, and I think – all four of us, that includes Matthew Pouliot, Ryan Boyer, uh, we all have Kershaw number one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, he's the best there is when healthy. I, and I, it doesn't seem like this back injury is going to be a, a long-term thing. I mean, he's, it seems like he's already over it. Um, so I feel pretty confident that he'll be the top starter in 2017. Yeah, if he's healthy, I think he's the no doubt number one starting pitcher just based on the track record. Um, I don't think you have any hesitation about that, but it all depends on what we hear, you know, in the coming weeks, of course. Um, but yeah, I don't think we have any question about that. If healthy, he's number one. Um, Scherzer, number two. Um, you know, the strikeouts are just huge. Um, and also the innings. You know, he's going to give you those innings. Uh, Nationals, a good team. Uh, so that seems, you know, he seems safe. Uh, to be a number two. Yeah, with Kershaw out, um, he's been the most valuable fantasy pitcher in baseball this season, and he's in a great spot to keep it going next year. Yep, for sure. Um, Jose Fernandez, number three, um, which feels like, you know, there is some risk there. I think you worry a little bit about the health. Um, the home road splits during his career have been sort of stark. Um, but the strikeouts, I mean, are just insane. Uh, in my, in my little write-up that we had, I said he has the highest strikeout percentage by a starter since Randy Johnson in 2001. Um, Wow. So if you're trying to maximize your innings, um, if you're in a league with an innings cap, I mean, he's the guy you want, at least in my mind. 
Yeah, I mean, he can just do so much damage with those strikeouts. He has 241 right now and 174 innings. Um, if he, yeah, I mean, if he's healthy and can start working later into games, I think they, by design, have have not pushed him later into games. Like yeah, I mean, been... first year back from Tommy John, so. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And he's had some other injury issues, too. He's a lot bigger than he used to be, like, I don't want to say he's fat, but he's like a wide he's human thicker. being. He's like yeah. Thick. Yeah. He's a huge, like he's a very wide person. Um, my, my only like concern is that he's just going to get tired of pitching for the Marlins, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, that's a, a weird concern and it's a great home park for him. I, I feel really confident with him at number three. I think if he works 200 innings next year, he could challenge Kershaw for the top spot. Yeah, and with I think the, we, with that strikeout we should say also uh, Scherzer and Fernandez in the National League East. I mean, the Phillies and the Braves are going to get better, but next year I don't see them being that much better, especially yeah. not necessarily offensively. Maybe the Phillies will go out and buy a bat. Maybe the Braves will do the same going into a new ballpark, but I don't see them making a huge leap forward. So I think that helps their case as well. Yep, totally agree. We each had Madison Bumgarner at, at number four, and – he just feels like such a safe pick right now and actually feels like what he's doing this year is flying under the radar. Uh, lowest ERA of his career, highest strikeout percentage. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to call a guy safe that's like a such pitcher? a stud. <laughs> no, or just a pitcher in general. It's, here to, it's or, hard to call or, any pitcher safe. Yeah, well, also on, on the other side of that, like he's he's bum grinder. He's so accomplished. He's not really safe. He's like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yeah, and the ultimate workhorse, and yeah, he's having a career year, and and I don't think many people are taking notice of it. Yeah, um, we each had Noah Syndergaard number five, and I think that's just maybe there's some hesitation there because of the bone spur. Um, there had been reports earlier this summer, about, obviously about the bone spur, but at the same time, it was saying this isn't the type of bone spur that needs surgery. And given the way that he's bounced back of late over the past, basically, I think, five or six weeks, he's looked really good. Yeah, it really doesn't seem to be affecting him results-wise. Yeah, so I think you have to feel good about that going into next year. And I think if, let's say, Kershaw's healthy and Syndergaard's healthy, I think those are your top two. I think I only put Syndergaard down a little bit just because of the elbow. But otherwise, I feel great about him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, these top five especially are all so close for me. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would put him right behind Kershaw if he was fully healthy. But I, I don't know. That's a tough – that's a that's something we'll have to get into this offseason. Yep. Um, so we each had Chris Sale at number six, and that first AL starter on the board. And, you know, that's something you always got to keep in mind. NL starters have the advantage. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, but Chris Sale has the disadvantage of pitching for the White Sox. Uh, so, um, you know – over the offseason, who knows what could happen? We've heard rumors about a potential trade. Um, and if he was traded to a team that could give him more run support, that would obviously be a positive. Going to the National League would be huge as well. But on his own merit, what he's done this year, I think, deserves attention as well. Yeah, imagine him going to, like, the Dodgers. Oh, man, be insane. Be, they have the might, pieces <laughs> for it. They have the pieces for it, so who knows? I might, I, I might rank him number two overall if he yeah. if he goes to the Dodgers. But, yeah, I mean, he's the best, picture in, best pitcher in the American League. 
Um, you hope the White Sox can get them some support. They do have some nice pieces there, but we've been saying that for like the last three years. Um, yeah, I mean, my my next pitcher is also an American League pitcher. The guy I had number seven is Yu Darvish, um, who's been really good in his first year back from Tommy John surgery, and the expectation is that he'll just get only better as he moves further away from that. Um, his velocity is actually better than it was the year before he had the Tommy John. And I think a little narrative is that 2017 will be his contract year. Yeah. Um, what's really impressed me is the control has been really good um, yeah. and much better, much better than expected, especially for a guy coming off Tommy John surgery. You know, some of that's about feel and, and getting your command back. So to see that from him was really encouraging. I think in the back of my mind, I didn't have him in my top 10. I could certainly be talked into it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think in the back of my mind, I'm a little worried about the, the injuries that he's had, even minor ones over the years. Also, American League and the ballpark that he pitches in. So just that was a little bit to knock him off my list. But, you know, he would maybe be 11th or 12th on my list. So kind of splitting hairs there. I had Corey Kluber number seven. Um, and it just seems like he's flown under the radar for some reason. It seems like that's just something that happens with Indies, Indians pitchers, even though they're in first place right now. Um, but really having a good year. And in the piece, I wrote that he has the fifth highest strikeout rate among starters with at least 400 innings pitched dating back to 2013. So to me, an elite strikeout source and one who's really underappreciated. Yeah, I had him ninth. I really love Kluber. Um, he's like a reliable 220 to 240 strikeout guy. And to be able to say that about a pitcher is kind of incredible that you're going to get like 230 strikeouts. Um, he's just, he's he's great. And I, I, I found it interesting that, where, where did you rank Carrasco? Did you have him eighth? I had, a, I had him eighth, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's that was kind of a smart play after I, I looked at it. Um, they have similar numbers. Yeah, year. their numbers are almost identical, Kluber and mm-hmm. Carrasco. Uh, it's just that Carrasco missed a little bit of time. He had a hamstring injury and missed about a month in there. Um, and he's been kind of shaky recently. But if you look at the peripherals, they're really good. I think the only thing that's really hurt him is home runs. But, um, you know, wasn't enough to knock him off my top 10. I think as far as AL starters go, he's certainly in that top five in the conversation with uh, Sale and Kluber and Darvish. Yeah. Um, eighth, I had Jake Arrieta. Um, he's had a kind of a bad second half, and, and that obviously has a lot of people concerned. But the peripherals are still there. Like, it's it's mostly just ERA that's hurting him. Um, and I would say he has the best stuff in the best rotation on the best team in baseball. Um, I don't see why he, he wouldn't be great next year. Yeah, I think, you know, there's maybe some concern about the big workload that he had last year. Maybe it's wearing on him a little bit. Um, The walks have been up a little bit in the second half. Um, He has 38 walks in his last 86 and a third innings. Um, And he walked 48 batters all of last season. So you look at those walks, it it concerns me a little bit. I still put him 10th. Um, and that's just because I, I, you know, it's the Cubs. They're going to, they're going to provide run support. They're the best team, I think in the majors. Um, and if we're looking at fantasy upside on that staff, I think John Lester with the huge second half he's had, he's trending upward, but I still like Arietta better. And I like him better than Kyle Hendricks as well, even though he's been amazing. He just doesn't offer that strikeout upside. 
Yeah, I wonder if the Cy Young will come down to Lester and Hendricks. Yeah, I mean, it really might. It really might. And to me, I it's, I think it's wide open. You could even maybe put Bumgarner in there if he finishes strong and the Giants uh, finish out the wild card uh, from a narrative perspective. Um, yeah. And, hey, who knows? If, if Kershaw has three dominant starts to finish the year, he has a really compelling case, even though he missed, <laughs> he missed a lot of time. But, I mean, look at those numbers. They're just insane. Yeah, that would be nuts after yeah. missing two months. Um, t- Ten for me was David Price. He doesn't have the kind of ERA you'd want from a top 10 fantasy starting pitcher, but I think we, we know that ERA is a flawed stat. The the pitcher can only control so much. Um, the other numbers tell me he has it. I mean, the strikeouts are there, and I think with a, a little more luck next year, he could he could easily be a, a top 10, even like a top 5 guy. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the you know the strikeout percentage, the walk percentage, I mean, it's fine. There's no problem there. I mean, that's the way it's been all season. Uh, but the ERA is not really what we expected coming into the year. And maybe you know pitching in the ballparks that he's pitching in in the American League East. I mean, obviously he did it before with the Rays, but now he calls Fenway Park home. That's a that's a tough place to pitch, but we know he's going to get the run support. So I was really close to putting him in my top ten. I put Johnny Cueto at nine just to finish mm-hmm. this out, and I, I think he's sort of almost boring, maybe, because um, he doesn't have that strikeout ability of the other names that we've mentioned here. But, I mean, I just really like the situation in the ballpark in San Francisco, a great environment for him to pitch in. I think he's going to be a solid, safe pitcher. You know, if you're looking for someone to be the ace of your staff, I think you should be pretty happy with him. Yeah, a, a guy I wanted to slip into my top 10 but couldn't really justify it was uh, Chris Archer, who doesn't have the ERA this year, but in some leagues that have certain scoring, he's been like a top five pitcher because of the strikeouts. Right. Um, so uh, he, like David Price, if he gets a little bit more luck next year, um, he's a dude that could be hugely valuable and, and add a at what looks like is going to be a rather cheap cost because the ERA will scare some people away. Yeah. I mean, before two weeks ago, I would have put Jacob deGrom in my top 10, but Mm -hmm. uh, has that forearm issue right now. I want to see what that turns into. Um, But if it turns out that he's fine and, you know, he goes into spring training with no issues, um, I think he'll slip back in that top 10, uh, given that he's the National League, in the National League East and what he was doing prior to the forearm issue. Uh, he was really on a nice roll. So um, before we go, I thought it would be a good idea for us each to give a pitcher we like for the weekend. So a matchup, a streaming opportunity, someone who might be available in some leagues. I'm going to start. Uh, And I'm going to go with Luke Weaver Weaver with the Cardinals. Gets the Giants on Friday night in San Francisco. Only three teams have scored fewer runs than the Giants during the second half. Meanwhile, Weaver coming off six innings of one-run ball against the Brewers in his last start. 39 strikeouts and 31 innings so far in the majors. Really like that matchup. He's available in more than half of Yahoo leagues right now. Yeah, Weaver looks awesome. I think he's going to be really good moving forward like 2017 and beyond um really good control and, and movement and he can hit 97 too um my my matchup to to watch is ivan nova at the reds on sunday he's not as low owned as weaver but just to kind of make note of what he's been doing he's five and oh with a 2.41 era and eight starts since joining the pirates at the august one trade deadline 43 strikeouts and only three walks in 52 innings um he struck out 11 batters over six innings Tuesday against the Phillies. 
This this was basically like a, th- a throwaway for the Yankees. He had a 4.90 ERA in 97 innings with them prior to the trade, um, and he's an impending free agent, um, really setting himself up pretty well for a for a decent payday on a weak market. Um, I wonder if the Bucks could try to work something out, given how comfortable he's he's been there in Pittsburgh and how comfortable most pitchers are there. Um, and Nova will be a a guy to watch this offseason. Yeah, it's almost like a duplicate situation of ha- of uh, J.A. Happ um, yeah. when he came over, came to the Pirates down the stretch last year and then cashed in with a big deal. And this is a weak free agent class uh, class this winter for pitchers, so he's going to see some dollar signs for sure. Um, all right, so that will do it for us this week. Remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes and also to rate and review. You can also find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Audio Boom. You can find me on Twitter at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve on Twitter. We'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.